Next on BYU Sports Nation, choose your BYU offensive coordinator. You're in charge, and you have to do it off a blind resume. Choose wisely. The only man with more points than Jimmer Fredette at BYU will join us. Tyler Haas will be in studio. Plus, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on a game day. Illinois State in the Marriott Center tonight. How much do you know about the foe other than the mascot? Wait, do you know that? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B is live. We call it BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, December 5th, wherever and however All night. in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Christmas toy tester, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, man. Toys. Christmas. What's the best Christmas toy for 2017? No idea. <laughs> no clue. You, I have a little kid. You need to I get no, on that, man. I have no idea. She ain't getting it. I'll tell you that. What did you want as Other a five-year-old? Things. Do you remember what you wanted as a five-year-old? I don't remember anything as a five-year-old. Nothing. I would guess Optimus Prime. You wanted Optimus Prime at some point. Probably right? didn't get it. Grew up pretty poor. And those were expensive <laughs> toys. Transformers were expensive. I don't think I ever got Optimus Prime. I was into, uh, yeah, Ninja Turtles and He-Man, and I like She-Ra a lot. I think I mentioned that here. Do you still have your the He-Man toys? He- no, I don't have any toys from when I was young. I have all of my He-Man toys, like, in mint condition. Hey, that's awesome. My parents moved from where I grew up, so I have no roots. <laughs> Sorry to bring up such bad memories, Jerem. Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> One, for getting divorced, and two, for moving. <laughs> I will share my He-Man toys. With no, that's you. awesome. I need, I need I to wish dig I those up, it. and yeah. like we should yeah. put a few out on the desk. <laughs> Let's do it. Should we? Yeah. I think we will. Yeah. Okay, I'm he- going to do that. He-Man. Tonight, I'm going to dig out the He-Man. Toys. I have the power. Yes, you do. The theme is yeah, the best. It was epic. Great cartoon. Thundercats. He-Man. Oh. Brave Star. There were so many good cartoons. Yeah, great theme songs. The yes. yes. Now yes. there's now there's almost too many. Like I just can't wrap my arms around it. You know, my At- little my But when my daughter consumes some media that I consumed when I was younger, or now, like she likes the Ninja Turtles, who have had this resurgence. That's fun. She knows who. She she has a little Leonardo, and she goes, "Here's Leo, your favorite." You have a connection. I'm like he's my favorite. I didn't even know. That. <laughs> So excited. It's time. Leonardo. <laughs> yeah. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU men's basketball hosting the Redbirds of Illinois State. Tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, the game will air live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The Cougars trying to get to 7-2 and two on the season. BYU head coach Dave Rose, how do you feel about the matchup? Their guards are really skilled, and they can really put it on the floor, and they can uh, they make 10 threes a game, which will be a real challenge for us to guard that pick and roll and still get out on the perimeter and contest those threes. So it's a good matchup for us, a real tough, uh, you know, tough game, and hopefully we'll get a good crowd and, and, and you know, be a really uh, exciting game. The Cougars, hey, at least playing at home, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Tonight marks the only BYU home game in a 25-day span, November 21st to December 16th. You could say 23, 25. One home game during that span. But BYU 
is in state for like three weeks until uh, January 4th. That's the next time BYU leaves the state. Orem, Logan, Salt Lake City, all road games or neutral site games, yeah. but, you know, it's not like they're traveling. <laughs> yeah, going to Logan. Going to Brooklyn to, like they did earlier. Going to Ogden, I mean Logan. Uh, yeah, that's one thing, right? Wow. Yeah. Just win. Just find a way to win. BYU back home tonight against Illinois State. A man who lost but got a bunch of buckets is Jimmer Fredette. Scored 41, 11 boards, lost by five. Who cares? Uh, Jimmer leads the Chinese Basketball Association with 40.5 points per game. Obviously, uh, he wants his team to win. I do not care if the Sharks win. I just want Jimmer to have 40-plus. He's averaging more than 40 a game. Jamal Williams has been nominated for both the FedEx Ground Player of the Week and Pepsi Rookie of the Week following his first NFL 100-yard rushing performance. 113 yards and a touchdown, to be specific, in the Packers' win over the Buccaneers. And women's basketball plays today, trying to snap a three-game losing streak. This afternoon when they host Utah State at 5 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. So a twofer today, 5 Eastern, BYU Women's Hoops versus Utah State. And then uh, BYU Men's versus Illinois State at 9 Eastern. I'll be there for both. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Resume Roundup. Let's say you are in charge of selecting the new BYU offensive coordinator. I've assumed that I was the whole time. Is this not the case? Just keep going with that train of thought. Why does Kalani keep texting me? Who should we hire? Only one stipulation for all y'all. You have to do it off of a blind resume. As much as you can, disassociate names. Just look at the credentials, accomplishments, and experience. Choose wisely. Now, obviously, we've put together blind resumes of our top five candidates that we, I guess, categorized yesterday on the fly in the show. We'll show you those in just a moment, but not before we would like all of you to hear and answer today's Twitter question. Who do you want as the next BYU offensive coordinator and why? Use the hashtag BYUSN and tweet directly at Kalani Satake. No, just kidding. At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94, Paul Peterson. Experience in a brilliant offensive mind has had offensive success everywhere he's gone. BYU doesn't take him. Someone else will. That's head, the coach head coach at Snow College, offensive mind, averaging over 500 total yards per game at the junior college level. Check. So that's good, right? I think Paul uh, Peterson. No, that's not good. It's great. It's great. A popular choice based on the amount of offensive success he has had at Snow College. Okay. Now for the blind resumes. As much as you can, rank these candidates on what you see on their resumes alone. Let's roll out blind resume number one. Played two years at BYU. A graduate assistant at BYU from 99 to 2001. FCS offensive coordinator for two years, 03 to 04. Okay. P5 assistant coach from 2010 to 2016, and a Power 5 co-offensive coordinator. That's co-awesome. For three of those seasons that he was in the Power 5 program. And one of those years, top 25. Okay. That's pretty good, right? I think that's pretty good. Offensive coordinator candidate number one has a resume that, based on what we have seen from BYU fans, Fits the bill. That's hireable, but who are you? So, blind resume number one, 
Reveal yourself, why don't you? And it is Aaron Roderick. What's up, A-Rod? BYU Hireable. wide receiver. Hireable. Grad assistant, as we mentioned, 99 to 2001. But he has spent plenty of time with the University of Utah in the Power 5 distinction. Blind resume number two. Power 5 starting quarterback from 2003 to 2004, as we show you the marks. A grad assistant at BYU in 2006. Coached quarterback and wide receiver plus the pass game coordinator and OC at an FCS program. In fact, two FCS programs. And head coach at the junior college ranks in 2017. We just mentioned this man's name. Yes, we did. This is Paul Peterson. Paul Peterson is a hireable candidate to me. He's been a quarterback at Boston College. He's been a GA here. His brother, Charlie Peterson, was a quarterback here. He knows what's up. He's been a head coach, so he has experience managing a big group like that, right? 50 a game. Yeah, Paul Peterson. 50 points a game. Nice. Hireable. Blind resume number three. And another guy with BYU ties. In fact, he was a three-year player at BYU in the late 90s. Played on that 96-97 magical Cotton Bowl run team. Listen to the coaches that he has worked with. Mike Leach at Texas Tech. Heard of him. Uh, Washington State with Mike Leach again. Wide receiver coach at Oklahoma. (laughs) Oklahoma. With Bob Stoops. Was the position coach for two Bolitnikoff Award winners for the best wide receiver in the land, D.D. Westbrook, Michael Crabtree. Mm. Oklahoma offense ranked fourth nationally in scoring at 44.9 points per game this season. Baker Mayfield helps out with that. Hireable, right? You got to coach those wide receivers up. Is this dude hireable? Yeah, and his name's Dennis Simmons. Dennis Dennis Simmons. Dennis Simmons is hireable to me. Uh, Former linebacker, as you mentioned. He's been a part of some explosive offense. Has not been a play caller yet. But I would give him a, uh, a shot just as BYU did in 05 with Robert and I. I think it worked out in 06, 7, 8, 9, Spencer. Uh, yeah, I'd say that. I got his autograph when my sister worked at a bank Dennis Simmons? in Provo. He walked in to like open an account, and she helped him. And she got his autograph for me, and I felt on top of the world. Was it on a check? It was on the back of uh, a was receipt. It... <laughs> yeah, like a transaction slip. <laughs> It was something he Dennis. had to sign that, like, the bank needed, and you're like, T- I, will frame, I need an autograph. I will no, that was for his that, account. I will frame that autograph. Dennis Simmons comes back to BYU as the offense coordinator and put it somewhere in Studio B. <laughs> Still have Line resume ball. number four. Wide receiver coach at an FCS school in 2011. FCS pass game coordinator shortly thereafter in 2012. FCS quarterback coach. In 2014, and an offensive coordinator that is averaging currently 34.2 points per game and is in the FCS quarterfinals. Now, uh, not as much experience outside the FCS, okay, there. Hireable, I don't think as qualified as the other candidates, this person. This person is Fessy Satake. Okay, so no FBS experience, no Power 5 experience, but... Quality FCS experience at Weber State. Weber State having uh, great success this season. They're into the quarterfinals of the playoffs, 34 games, 17th in FCS in offense. So kind of some recent success. Fessy Satake would be a guy that would be like, okay, you're a good candidate, but now is not maybe the best time. I think you need a little more experience. There are a lot of candidates uh, more qualified than Fessy Satake. And does BYU want uh, Kalani Satake to hire someone with the name Satake? Would there be like – 
hey, wait a minute, you'd hire your relative? Like what? You know, I, I don't know how that'd be perceived. Although in a few years, maybe he has a little more on the resume. Maybe he's more hireable. Okay, the final of our blind resumes. In our five was a BYU quarterback from 2004 to 2006, graduate assistant at BYU and LSU, FCS quarterback coach from 2009 to 2011, has been an offensive coordinator, play caller at the Division II level, okay, and is now a Power 5 quarterback coach and has been doing so pretty much since 2013. Depends on how you want to define Power 5. <laughs> I don't define it. <laughs> But partially power five. <laughs> yeah, this person is Jason Beck. Ah. Uh, J- Jason Beck, to me, is an option. I think he was a really good quarterback coach for BYU in 2013, 14, and 15. And then I think he's done a nice job All of the quarterbacks that he has coached yeah. recently have had great success. Now, is he? does he have the best resume of anyone that we list there? No. But if he was hired, I would be optimistic. I think he gets what BYU's about. I feel about. like he's I ready. He, I feel like he's ready to call call plays. Yeah. Is he my number one choice on this? No. But he, if he was hired, I'd say, okay, let's go. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. You've seen the top five and their resumes. Use the hashtag BYUS. According to answer. us. Yes, according to according us. To us. Yeah. Is there anything else, Jerem? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want as the next BYU offensive coordinator and why? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At Trevor N. Kristen says, I have three that keep coming to mind that make sense. Paul Peterson, Fessy Satake, or Jeff Grimes? Jeff Grimes uh, is an interesting one. O-line, you know, run game coordinator at uh, LSU. Did the same thing at BYU from 04 to 06. It was the O-line. Yeah, it wasn't, BYU hasn't had a run game coordinator here, but yeah, O-line. And uh, he's an interesting one. Yeah, he's an interesting one. Hey, coming up, BYU's all-time leading scorers in the house, Tyler Haas. What difference does he see in this new-look Cougar Hoops team? And Greg Rebell, what's the best part about BYU's matchup with Illinois State? I just hope there's another cannon blast. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, there'll be several. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio, our conversation is rolling right now on Twitter, dealing with who you want as the offensive coordinator. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN, whenever you tweet. Oh, we dealing. Men's Hoops versus Illinois State is tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV, pregame on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern time. Just tell us, who do you want as the next BYU offensive coordinator and why? At Brock Sema says Jason Beck, Tanner Mangum, or Bo Hodge could thrive in an Anai-style offense. I haven't paid attention to Virginia to know enough if Robert and I is kind of stuck to his core principles or adapted, you know, to kind of Virginia's personnel and the ACC style or whatnot. I, I have no idea. So I'd be interested to see what offense, uh, if he's the guy that he would bring. I can tell you this much. Kurt Benkert, their quarterback, has had a breakout season. Second most touchdown well, passes any, by a Virginia quarterback yeah, in the history of the school. Any season of success would be a breakout season at Virginia. They've just stunk. So anything that that's says been good right? that says yeah, something. is a breakout, regardless of scheme. They're in a bowl game for the first time in six years. There's a reason there for you that go. in a Power 5 conference. Jason Beck is a part of that. Joining us now in Studio B to discuss, I'm sure, football and offensive coordinator stuff, but also basketball, because according to us yesterday, that's more on the mind than football right now, right? For me, at least, yeah. 
BYU basketball at six and two. Greg Rebel, the voice of the Cougars, is here in Studio B. Greg, welcome back. Morning, boys. You're, you're dressed up. Thank you're you. looking very sharp. Thank you for removing the tie. This is a tieless program. Yeah, no, it's a yeah. it's a game day. Yeah, and some kind of already in game day garb. Yeah, you're yeah. ready to go, man. Yeah. You don't mess around. And it's a double game day, by the way. Women's hoops and then men's hoops. This is a good. It's a ball night. So ladies, love it. Ladies matinee followed by the men tonight. The yes. Redbirds and the Cougs. We'll be ready to go. Okay, what's the most intriguing part of the BYU Illinois State matchup in your mind? Probably how much uh, Illinois State relies on the three and how intent BYU is on taking it away. Um, just a, a case in point, a UVU team that last year attempted 37 threes against BYU <laughs> got off eight this year. Different years, different schemes, but clearly if that was an intent of BYU, mission accomplished. Uh, UVU went from 18 for 37 one year from the arc to one for eight the next year. Could you see a more stark contrast? And uh, and uh, Illinois State's very much the same. They're, they're a 40-40-20 team. 40% of their points from threes, 40 from twos, and 20 from the free throw line. Uh, so, but, but 40 is a heavy number in terms of reliance on the three for their points. And they've got a good guy to go to. Keyshawn Evans has had three or more threes in seven of their eight games this year. Wasn't a starter last year, but he was ready to roll when this year started. He's a great player, and uh, he's a career 41.3% shooter. And this year, he's shooting 50 from the field, 50 from the arc. He's tremendous. And so uh, I, I think you know the intent, the intent tonight will be to make sure number three doesn't get off his threes. Uh, you can almost cheat off the other wings. The other wings are not high-scoring players. Uh, they're really reliant on Evans at the point, and then the two inside guys, including Phil Fain, who is a returning starter and is very productive inside. So uh, it's an intriguing matchup, and again, if BYU's intent on taking away the three, this is a good uh, case study tonight. It, when you first hear Illinois State, you know, it doesn't really pop off. This isn't a program that maybe you've heard about, but this is actually a, a pretty good game for BYU at home, and the story behind the game is kind of fun, too. Yeah, the story behind the game is the head coach last year just kind of threw, threw it out there in a tweet. You know, we'll play anybody. Come on, P5s. I want to play you because they, they, they were a 27-win team that tied with Wichita State for the Missouri Valley title at 17-1 and one and didn't get into the dance. Just crazy. And so off of that, he said, come on, I'll, I'll play anybody. Let's go, home and homes. And uh, the appeal was out to the to P5s, if you will, the big six, I guess you'd say. But BYU gave them a, a, a request, and uh, they responded, and this game is on. So this year in Provo, next year in Normal, the, head, the, the home of the uh, Redbirds is in Normal, Illinois. So BYU's on the road, <laughs> on the road to Normal. Aren't we all? Hopefully. Yes, we are. <laughs> Next year. This is one of the weirdest places ever, so this yeah. is great for BYU. Yeah. So, yeah, Illinois State is, again, maybe not the, the, the cachet name, but people who know basketball know how good a program this is and probably could have been a dance team uh, last year. Lost in the second round of the NIT uh, last year to Central Florida, but uh, finished up with 28 wins uh, on the year. Didn't return a lot of letter winners. Uh, but the, the guys that are starting now are, are certainly producing. Hey, credit to their coaching staff and to Tim Lacombe for BYU uh, lining this up as we are on the road to normal next year. It was, it was like an online match service last year, basically. <laughs> and, so it all came together online, you I, know? No, there are literally websites where coaches can put out stuff. There is, so it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, the, fill in the blank uh, website or app. You know, swipe right coaches. or swipe left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to play us? Swipe right. <laughs> McKay Cannon has introduced himself to BYU basketball fans uh, with a major splash in his first two games. That said. With a boom. Oh, man, the Cannon blast. Are we putting too much stock into McKay Cannon given what we have seen in two games? Well, the numbers may 
drop at some point. I mean, he's shooting percentage-wise, uh, you know, amazing numbers. His offensive efficiency is is off the charts. And uh, but you know, they haven't asked him to do a ton. But what he's but what he's done, uh, he's taken nine shots. That's a modest number over two games, right? But he's made six. He's taken four threes. He's made three. Uh, he's taken ten free throws. He's made all ten. His assisted turnover ratio is four to one. He's played uh, 25 and a half minutes per game over two games. Uh, what, a, what a perfect piece to add to your puzzle. Again, it doesn't have to be option one or two or three, but he's option X, and he was the co-leading scorer at Utah State just by coming in and, and doing what was available to him. And again, the percentages may drop at some point. If they don't, we're in great shape. Uh, I'd love them to stay as high as they are. But uh, just another guy that can play. I mean, uh, we, we kind of not really glossed over, but when the Nick Emery thing happened, it's like, okay, next man up, move on, and let's just see who the rotation's going to be. But you really, you, you, miss, you miss something when you miss Nick Emery. You can't just gloss over and say it's no big deal. It's a big deal. Now they get a guy who does a lot of what Nick did and, and could do for BYU. And uh, in, an, in an unexpected fashion, BYU gets some really good personnel news. Mm. McKay Cannon was a four-point-a-game scorer at Weber State. So for him to be, like, in the double-digit range would be awesome. But he's a guy that we saw what he can do. I think that's what Utah State was. We saw that he could go for 17. He could make 10, all 10 of his free throws. He can defend. And you're right. He replaces Nick Emery's production to some degree on this team. The numbers you mentioned at Weber are are, are, are uh, kind of skewed by the fact that his sophomore year saw so much less playing time than his freshman. He was a 33-game starter as a freshman. Things changed within that program from freshman to sophomore year, and he wasn't as preferred an option. And so his numbers you know, diminished as a result. But I think that freshman year, as a true freshman, by the way, kind of showed what kind of player he could be and is. Uh, you know, They started a rookie 33 times, and he produced for Weber State and Randy yeah. Ray. What are realistic game averages for McKay Cannon in this BYU system this season? Uh, he's he's uh, sitting at uh, is he twelve? What is he right now? Twelve, 12 and a half. 12 and a half? Yeah. Uh, if if he were you know eight to twelve in points per game, I, I think you're getting what you need from him. Yeah. And I like the balance that he affords. So Utah State seventeen. I if he goes for seventeen again this year, great. If he doesn't, he's a guy that can do that. And and we were talking before the season, especially when Nick Emery. Uh, you know, left the team. Okay, where's the depth on this team? Um, you know, how many deep is it? I think BYU was looking at kind of being seven and a half, seven guys deep. BYU's kind of pushing eight and a half at this. Eight and a half, point. nine right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. Now it's two guards coming off the bench in, in Zach and McKay, and then two bigs off the bench in Dalton and Peyton. That's kind of your nine man rotation preferred right now. Of course, Kajon and Ryland are in the mix, but that's kind of where you are now. You're, 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 yeah. you're at eight and a half and nine where you were at seven and a half to eight maybe before. And uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that, he, I mean, if he's playing alongside Eli and TJ and Yoli, there are prime scoring options on the floor with him. But what's left for him? Enough for him to score 17 at Utah State, 8 against UVU. I love the way it sets up. And again, after so many years recently of just kind of, uh, you know, personnel shots, you know, bad news, hard hits that you take that you maybe don't see coming, how nice to have something drop in your lap, if you will, that really helps the team at an important time. Yeah, amen to that. A week ago we were chatting, and we had no clue that McKay Cannon would, one, be eligible, and two, would have an impact. Yeah, well, today was game day last Wednesday, right? Yeah. And and I, I told you guys I was he heading over. He wasn't even eligible when yeah. you were here. I was heading over to the UCCU <laughs> Center for their shoot-around, and at their shoot-around, he's on scout team like he had been. 
And then a few hours later, he's uh, he's in the mix and performing. It's a great story. I love it. Yeah, knocking down two big three-pointers in that win against Utah Valley. And you know what? We didn't really talk about the the intangibility, just the, the spirit, the energy, oh, the tenacity, the moxie, all these things you want. He's a grinder, competitor, a little in your face at times. Uh, maybe somebody that uh, you know teams and their fan bases learn to hate a little bit, which is okay with they me. They need that. So, you know, he does that. replace Nick Emery. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars. With us on BYU Sports Nation, we've talked a lot about BYU's scoring capability and that with McKay Cannon. How would you define this team defensively? Because they are, as a team, grinding out ugly wins. Yeah, well, and, and you know, to me, there's no such thing these days almost as an ugly win because, uh, you know, j- just get that W, and, uh, and especially if you're at a place like the Spectrum, however you get that win is a pretty win. Those seats are ugly, but the win was not. <laughs> the seats, I, I was told, are, are, they, are they meant to reflect uh, – the, the, the foliage in the fall, the fall when you drive colors. up the canyon. It kind of looks or the like the quality of the team. Who knows? Yeah. I know that they had uh, the, the, the old Marriott Center left. Or the, the yellow seats would have fit right in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness those are gone. Jeez. Yeah. Well, BYU's defensive efficiency number last year wasn't terrible. I think people were under the impression that it's been it's not. It wasn't terrible, actually. Um, but, but this year's is better. And and they're just just they're they're more reliant on it. I think last year the objective was to uh, essentially the best defense was off times uh, the highest scoring offense, the higher scoring offense, uh, outscore people to win. And now you don't feel like it has to be that way necessarily. Uh, you you can be at a spot where you're sitting at nine points with five minutes to go in the first half <laughs> in, in in the spectrum and be in the game. Uh, it, it may be. Not, not an unfair generalization to say maybe last year's team, had they endured a similar shooting drought, might have been more out of the game. That's a point. loss. You know, and, and so the, loss. the fact that they were grinding and keeping in the game, even when the shots weren't dropping, we've seen it a few times. Uh, I, it's kind of a, a, a trend, though, that when the shots aren't dropping, they're able to grind enough on the other end to stay in the game, and that's, that's an encouraging thing. I'm interested to see in the next couple of weeks uh, where this BYU team's at, because right now, to me, this is kind of a young group, no seniors, implementing new schemes to see how they fare in real tests against. And, and this week, those are good tests. But Utah is going to be a test. St. Mary's, obviously. Gonzaga and whatnot. What's, what's the next game that's kind of a, a litmus test for BYU, in your opinion, of where this team's at and what they can do? Uh, tonight. Really, I mean, uh, you know, Illinois State's already beaten uh, South Carolina, a Final Four team from last year. Uh, swept Tulsa. Tulsa's an okay team, but a couple of wins there. Uh, they've lost two good, you know, two good teams. This is a this is a high scoring team with 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 excellent players. I think Illinois State's a really nice test. They're a top one fifty Pomeroy team. Uh, Weber State neutral is you know Dave's never lost to Weber State. Then the Utah game, of course. Yeah, they're a top fifty Pomeroy team. That's the next big name that shows up before St. Mary's. But uh, to me, every game is the litmus test, and, and uh, this is the latest one. To keep it rolling. You're, you've won three in a row. I want to keep this thing going and, and just get, you know, get the momentum really in your favor as you head into this in-state game on the weekend. Uh, Weber State's uh, you know, no slouch. Uh, they're a good shooting team, great shooting team, what some might say. And, um, and so I think it's a huge week for BYU, especially because they've played so well. Can you keep it going now and, and not have a setback and not have a drop back? Well, it helps to build momentum when you have a guy like Yoli Childs. And maybe we should just call it Yo-Mentum because apparently his name is uh, available for anything and everything <laughs> if you want to spin those words. But that takes us to a stat that matters, Greg. Yeah, let's get to it. So uh, Yoli Childs' minutes per game number is up about 10 minutes per game over last year. And his fouls per game number is down by one foul per game. Now you say, what's one foul? Well, in college basketball, one foul could be the one that puts you on the bench and keeps you from playing uh, 
16 minutes and you play four minutes instead in the first half. You get that second foul in the first half, you may not play much of the first half. And so minutes per game up from 25 to 35, fouls per game down from two and a half to one and a half. The fact that he's fouling only 1.5 times per game and that Dave's not having to worry about taking him out in the first half. We just really haven't seen that this year where he's got to yank him out. He plays a good number of minutes in the first half, solid compliment in the second half. You get to 35 a game. If Yoli's playing 35 minutes a game and not in foul trouble, BYU can be a really, really good basketball team. And so, again, you say, oh, what's one foul a game? One foul a game can mean a lot, especially if it comes early in a game. And so the fact that Yo is not fouling, it allows him to play a lot more, and when he plays more, BYU scores more and is better. And so to me, that's the uh, that's a stat that matters right now with Yoli Childs. And let's not overlook just how great he's been. Uh, we oh, talk awesome. about, you know, McKay Cannon's a great story, and, and Elijah's had, had you know, a huge impact on this team now that he's healthy, but Yo is the motor. And they generate a lot of offense off his offensive rebounding. Now, the second chance points are almost entirely courtesy of, uh, of Yoli Childs. Yeah. Dal- Dalton's really good at it, too. But uh, Yoli's offensive rebounds almost always result in a stick back. Mo, and yo. by the way, uh, Illinois State—they're not—they're uh, uh, not focused on offensive rebounding like BYU is. Let's see how that turns out tonight. Because they'll when, when their shot goes up, you almost never see more than one guy around Get the basket. Back. Everyone's getting back, and so they're they're defending against transition. How well can and this is why you know BYU executing in the half court means so much in games against teams like Illinois State tonight. But uh, Yo may do on the offensive boards, but Illinois, Illinois State doesn't seek to do on the offensive boards. All right, it's that time, a time in which we hop on the Polar Express and go to the Great White North. It's a cool thing about Canada. Okay. Uh, Countries, oh, there's my my hydro flask. (laughs) (laughs) I do drink from that. Hydro flask. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, countries have uh, coats of arms and mottos. Of course, the, the, the motto of the U.S. is uh, E Pluribus Unum, Everyone out of many, that. one. There's a Canada's coat of arms, and you don't see the logo necessarily at the bottom there. Is that a unicorn I, on the right? Well, it may be, but uh, let's, let's not focus on that. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, the motto, motto for Canada is uh, uh, Mare Usque Alamare, and that is Latin for from sea to sea. Canada's motto is from sea to sea. But not sea to shine. No, that you guys stole that. But uh, from sea to sea, from sea to sea is Canada's national motto. It's actually taken from Psalms seventy-two eight, taken from a scripture. Yeah, King James version. Uh, Psalm seventy-two eight. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river unto the ends of the earth. Amari usque almari, and that is the Canadian (laughs) motto. And that's our uh, cool thing about Canada for today. Can we see that unicorn again? <laughs> also, that's they're not, real. That's not your water bottle. That's your hydro flask. Amare usque admare. Amare usque admare. From sea to sea. Very beautiful. All right. Greg, that was fantastic. Do what we can. Jerem's still focused on the unicorn, clearly. <laughs> Chris Tapp's poor Zingus is on the logo. That's incredible. <laughs> it proves they exist. <laughs> and coming up, how well do we know Illinois State? We'll play a little Know the Foe. Plus, BYU's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas, returns to Studio B. What's next on the basketball horizon for Mr. Haas? And why his life is about to change dramatically in April. Does he have a hydro flag? We're still doing it live as we welcome you back to Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, nationally simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. And it's a ball day and night. Women's basketball coming up at 5 Eastern against Utah State on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Then at 9 Eastern, 
BYU versus Illinois State in men's hoops. Pre-game on that at 8 Eastern. The ladies trying to snap a three-game losing streak. The men riding a three-game win streak. Let's just win all around. Yeah, let's go for a double win day, especially because Utah State's here. Okay, well, we are winning in Studio B right now because we have BYU's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas, back with us live. Hi. Welcome back, man. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here, you guys. Can you believe you're the all-time leading scorer? Like, a few years later, I'm just like, Tyler's the all-time leading scorer. That's an amazing accomplishment. No, it is. And, you know, being a few years removed, I kind of appreciate it a little bit more now. It's Pretty cool thing. Your shoes you are them? still immortalized in the case out in BYU <laughs> Broadcasting. I saw them, yeah. I saw them the other day. You're it's like, pretty can cool. I have those back? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I'll ever get those back. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't getting them. Yeah. Tyler, you were here to watch uh, your little brother TJ uh, perform of sorts on the <laughs> coach's show last night, BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. How did you think uh, TJ did in the pressure pack situation? <laughs> I thought he did all right. I, I was expecting a little more with the ten questions. Thought he five for ten. Yeah, I thought he would he would know some some things like uh, how many points he scored in in high school, and it seems like those are things TJ would know. But <laughs> you know, do you but know how many you right. scored? I think around 1,700. So he scored more than you in high school? I think so, Did he play more as a freshman? Um, No, but he did score a little bit more, unfortunately. That senior year? (laughs) Unfortunately. You had to share with more other D1 players? I did, yeah. Because TJ's senior year, he carried that team uh, more with Frank, right, Jackson? He did, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, An NBA sure. player, not bad. That was a good team. <laughs> that was a those, great team. Those were good teams. I was interested to get his thoughts on this, and I want to get your thoughts. Uh, kind of like, okay, we had this whole Lone Peak 3 dynamic. Uh, Eric Meek is in Italy. Nick Emery's trying to figure things out. And now it's you, man. What's that dynamic like? And he said, it's kind of a bummer. I've lost uh, a bunch of my friends the last six months. What's mm-hmm. been your perception of kind of the, the difference there? Because there was this expectation of playing with these guys for a few mm-hmm. years. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected that to happen uh, for Teach to be kind of the lone ranger as far as that goes. But um, he he's dealt with it really well, and I like he said last night, you know, he's really close with his teammates now and feeling really good about uh, where they are in their season. And um, I, so I think he's he's handled it well. But I mean, it is a little. It's just a bunch of change for him for sure. How would you evaluate? Uh, the play of this BYU basketball team and your brother TJ up to this point. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed so far. I mean, uh, it is a different. It feels like a different style of basketball. I mean, this team has won some games in in a different style and fashion than we've seen in the past. I mean, there's been a few games where they've had to grind it out and they've played really really well on the defensive end while they're not shooting, you know, super well. And so. Uh, I'm I'm impressed and excited about uh, what this team can do. When we talk about how good this team is defensively, do you ever get offended by the notion that maybe BYU didn't play defense <laughs> previously? Because you guys play defense, but I don't know that the defense was going to win you the game per se. Is that fair? That, that That's fair for sure. I mean, it, we did put a huge emphasis on defense while I was here, um, but we weren't, you know, as known for, for that. And, uh, but... This team has done a great job, and you got to you know tip your hat to them. And I think you know the addition of Heath Schroyer has has made a huge difference and um, helped you know change the culture and identity of uh, what BYU wants to become. 
if you were playing against this specific BYU team, how would you attack that defense? Um, I would. I'd go right at my brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're like mouse in the house. Yeah, let's go. House, let's yeah. go on the block. <laughs> now I, I still I would like to see BYU play a little bit faster. Um, and I think they're they're wanting to kind of slow things up, and they're very uh, selective with their shot selection and things. And so that. I want to see them be able to play that style a little bit still. Like I, I get that they want to, you know, play tough, hard defense, um, but I'd still like them to get out and transition a little bit. I think that's what makes BYU mm. fun to watch. And so, I mean, that would be my that would be my game plan is let's play fast against them and see what they can do. Gotcha. TJ is having uh, you know a good season. He's not shooting the ball the way he wants. What what are your recommendations to uh, him as his brother and the all-time leading score here to get the 32% field goal percentage up? Mm, just keep shooting. Uh, anytime you go through a little slump or um, some shooting lows, you just got to keep shooting good shots. And that's what we've always said is, you know, you're looking for your, your next good look. And, um, you know, if you get caught up in all of the, you know, I'm shooting this percentage, I, you know, I'm getting this amount of shots – it can mess with you mentally, and you just have to focus on taking good shots and not, you know, put the rest out of your mind. It's crazy how quickly things change for the dynamic of a team and who's playing well and who's not. But the thing that one of the things that's most amazing to me is the fact that TJ is shooting thirty-two percent and BYU six and two. Like if you were to tell me that eight games into the season he'd be thirty-two percent, they would not be six and two in my mind. But he's got some guys around him that have really stepped up. Mm-hmm. No, for sure, and that—that's the beauty of uh, this team. And, and Tej would say that that very same thing is they're very unselfish guys, and uh, they don't really care who, um, you know, who's who's on that night and who's playing well. They just they they share the ball really well, and I feel like they're they're a little more selective with uh, the shots they take. They're they're taking good shots, and um, you know, hopefully. Teach can shoot a little bit better, though, going forward. And he's leading the team in assists at uh, 4.3, so uh, that's a good point guard right there. Okay, let's talk about you. What are you up to right now? What's going on with you? Yeah, I'm no, back for the holidays, and it's kind of weird for me right now just being because <laughs> it's always weird being a <laughs> Well, Greg told us we're on the way to normal. So. <laughs> on the way, yeah. Um, no, I, I haven't been around this time of year for a couple of, couple of years, but – you know, it's been good to see family, and I'd still like to play basketball somewhere, and so we're looking into some options um, to go back to Europe somewhere. I got a rec team. Oh, in Europe. Yeah. I was going to say, I got a rec team you can play on. <laughs> don't don't insult Tyler that way. <laughs> hey, all right. You know. <laughs> Where do you get buckets now? Um, just in any gym I can and get in. I mean, I, I love the annex. Uh, that is a beautiful thing to have. Um, you, you weren't told that that would be there when you played here or anything. <laughs> I was told a couple of times. <laughs> You're reaping the benefits now, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what are your aspirations? I mean, in, in Europe, let, let's say that uh, you have your choice. Where, where would you end up? I, you know, Spain and Poland were both great experiences. Um, Spain, I think, was a little bit higher level. Uh, if we could find a way to get back to Spain someday, that would be would be a beautiful thing. But you know, we're, I'm trying to just find a good situation. You know, my, my wife's pregnant. Yes. And yeah. so that changes things. It does change things a little bit. And, but we're just looking for a good spot and a good opportunity and uh, a place to keep playing. In April, right? She's doing April? Doing April. Yep, a little girl. 
Are you Very ready? exciting. Are you ready, Tyler? I don't know if you can ever be fully ready. <laughs> you can't. It'll just happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for sure. Well, congratulations to both of you. It's great to have you back in Studio B, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Do you want to come tomorrow, too? You were here last night. You're here today. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, why yeah, not? Just come back tomorrow. We'll see you tonight at the game. So, all right. Let's keep it rolling. Tyler Haas yeah, I'll, in I'll, Studio B. I'll text you the rec league info. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Don't, don't do that. Don't <laughs> Can you do imagine that? when you show up with Tyler Ross? <laughs> Come, right. We're going to lose. Coming up, the latest Jim Fredette point total from China. And we play Know the Foe. Time to brush up on your notable alumni from Illinois State. The Redbirds are coming. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And some of you might not know, we have a rebroadcast on BYU Radio as well at 7 Eastern. That's right. That is right. Men's Hoops tonight, Illinois State, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. Pre-game on BYU Radio with your boy, Jason Shepard at 8 Eastern time. Who do you want as the next BYU football offensive coordinator? You. And why? That's not happening. At Tavita underscore Mac. I heard Andy Ludwig could possibly be a candidate. He was at Vanderbilt. Okay. Does have ties to the state. Was born in Ogden or Logan, Logan? is it? Which one? If not. Same city, right? At Tavita underscore Mac says, then Bob Stitt or Paul Peterson. No. Aaron Roderick, I feel, hasn't had much success while as an offensive coordinator. Did Aaron Roderick, did he have a chance to fully kind of flesh out an offense his way? And I, I don't know. And I think you bring up a fair point. He was the co-offensive coordinator. What if he were if he were just the lone offensive coordinator? Yeah. You tell us. Who do you want as the BYU OC? Okay. It's time, Jerem. Yes, it is. We, we did this every week, like from the show's inception pretty regularly, and then it went away for a while, and now we're back, and I'm so happy that the segment is You can say it's a restoration. A restoration of Know the Foe. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Not really. Um, we think that we might know a few things about Illinois State. I know but... Jack Squad, so this is going to be amazing. <laughs> I hope we get cho- one right. Like most of my tests, I chose not to study. The voice, Ben Bagley. Well, it's more fun that way when you don't study. You just go. It's like the pre-test before you take a class. No, no, no. I'm talking about actual tests. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, well. School got in the way of my education. (laughs) Ben, please help Jerem. Well, we've already established that that's not possible. (laughs) Um, You guys sit at one and one, by the way, on the Know the Foe standings uh, at the leaderboard. And Greg took the number one question, which was normal Illinois. So we've got to skip ahead to number two. Okay. Uh, Jerem won last. So, Jerem, would you like to go first or second? I would like to defer to the second half. Okay, Spencer, this first question is for you. What is the name of the Illinois State mascot? Is it Randolph Redbird, Ricardo Redbird, Ralph the Redbird, or Reggie Redbird? (laughs) I'm going to go with Reggie the Redbird. Oh, nice. It's actually Reggie Redbird. There's no the. It's okay, just Reggie, Reggie Redbird. Redbird. What is, who we'll is Reggie Redbird? We'll give you the point. That's good. All right, Jerem. Which of the following NBA number one draft picks came out of Illinois State? Wow. Oh. Do you know it without the options or you want the options? No, no, no. I want the options. Okay. Was it Doug Collins? Yes, Doug Bill Collins. Bill McGill? Doug Collins. Doug Collins Doug is Collins. correct. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, bonus points. That's all I knew. I think it's. The, I think the name of their court or uh, arena is Doug Collins. Oh, there you go. Spencer, what is the official state 
dance of the state of Illinois? <laughs> is it the polka? Is it square dance? Is it the Dougie? Or is it clogging? Oh, man. <laughs> square dance. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, we're tied. Nice. Yeah. Let's go. Right. Well done. Let's go. Jerem. Did you run out of Illinois State stuff, so you went to the state no, no, of no, Illinois? No, we'll go back to Illinois State. Okay, I, okay. I, went, I broadened the picture a little bit. we got to make it diverse. <laughs> Which of the following actors attended Illinois State and was later awarded a degree? Oh, boy. Was it C. Thomas Howell? Was it John Malkovich? Was it Denzel Washington? Oh. Or was it ever. Nick Cage? Woo. Those are some names. Whoever the first guy is. C. Thomas Howell? Yes. No, that'd be incorrect. Sorry. Oh! Who was it? It was John Malkovich. John Malkovich! John yes. Malkovich. A.K.A. Teddy KGB. <laughs> wow. That's good That's good info. Known for his role in Warm Bodies, an amazing movie. And being John Malkovich. And, 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 and that too. And that too. All right, Spencer, if you win this one, I think you seal the deal for today. Mm. Which member of the cast of The Office is oh. a- attended Illinois State? Nice, nice. Was it Steve Carell? Was it Craig Robinson? Was it Jenna Fisher? Or was it Ed Helms? Well, we know Ed, Ed Helms went to Cornell. We know Ed went to Cornell. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it was uh, Craig Robinson. Correct. Oh, wow. Spencer, three for Dude, three. You're on fire, man. Let's go. Wow. Let's go. Spencer's wow. playing the role of McKay Cannon today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Jerem, true or false? This is just because we can. True or false, Illinois State is the oldest university slash college in the state of Illinois. False, that would be the University of Nauvoo. <laughs> no, it is Illinois State. Yeah. It is Illinois State. Yes, yes. <laughs> is Jeremy? No, no, he's got one. Yeah, I was going to say, is he Ofer? No, he got oh, one. I got, no, I got Doug. He got Doug Collins. All right. I got Dougie. And Spencer, just to rub a little salt in the wound, true or false, Illinois State is top ten nationally in producing teachers. Um, that is true. That is correct. Yes. So do you do false on the true or false? Or no, just true. Okay. It's true every time. It's like always pick C. Good to know. It's like the may or may not. Yes. It may or may not be true all <laughs> the time. May. <laughs> ben, that was outstanding. That was, Thank you, Spencer. Nice job. Good. Four for four. Thank Very you. Nice. Thank nice. you. All right. That was, like, that was like your old uh, Northridge days on the varsity team. It was. Boom. Four for four. Well, boom, against boom, Davis boom, High boom, School boom. in uh, Dude. 1999. <laughs> or no, that was 2000. That, that was January of 2000. Please don't say 1999. <laughs> I was in the new millennium you when I ta- did that. You could take that, darts. Oh, Davis exactly. High School. Oh, Davis. Love you, Fowlers. <laughs> yeah, I love the Fowlers. Exactly. They're the best thing to come out of Fruit Heights, Utah. Oh, we could debate that later. I'm just kidding. Oh, I have, I have okay. nothing. Well. I have nothing. Uh, I don't know anything else. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Unicorns and know the foe. Just your Boy typical Lagoon. BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we should discuss some Twitter right now and get back to the offensive coordinator discussion because we showed you the blind resumes. And now we're starting to see some tweets flow in. Who do you want as the new guy calling plays for BYU football? Uh, Twiggy Stone says, I just want someone with some college OC or head coach experience. Someone who can go to the team and say, I know what I am doing and we can win this way. Aaron Roderick qualifies as that, right? Most of the guys do. Yeah. Coming up, compelling and rich content in the Cougar Whip Around. Compelling and rich? Yeah. Including Kyle Collinsworth, who continues his tour of the NBA G League tonight. Double double, anyone? How about a triple double? Yeah, not a triple double. Yeah, not the ice cream. Double double. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. 
for help when you need it most. Thank you to today's guests, Greg Rebell and Tyler Hawes, the all-time leading scorer of BYU basketball. If you miss any of the show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Jeff Judkins, Ronnie Jones-Perry, and Steve Cleveland. Who's women? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Ball night, BYU and Illinois State, 9 Eastern time. Game live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Pre-game at 8 Eastern. BYU trying to get to 7-2 and an extended twin streak to foe. Jimmer! Fredette scored 41 points. Grabbed 11 rebounds in a 102-97 Shanghai Sharks loss. That doesn't matter. To the Golden Bulls last night in China. Jimmer leads the CBA in scoring at 40.5 points a game. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams has been nominated for both the FedEx Ground Player of the Week and the Pepsi Rookie of the Week. Following his first NFL 100-yard rushing performance, 113 and a touch in the Packers win over the Bucks. Women's basketball. Looking to snap a three-game losing streak today. This afternoon when they host... Utah State. We're coming to America today. 5 Eastern. 5 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Cougars in the association. Kind of. Kyle Collinsworth plays tonight for the Tejas Legends, 8 Eastern time. He had a double-double last game. Everyone around the world. (laughs) We're coming to America. Thinking of saving Silverman. All of a sudden he's just... Performing at the uh, Neil yeah. Diamond. Oh, I love Fantastic. it so much. What's that one song he sings? Said nobody. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. He also has Sweet Caroline, which is more famous. Wait, what? Coming to America. Wait, that's from or Neil Sweet Diamond? Caroline. Uh, James Taft and Neil Diamond uh, get the Rise and Shout. Oh, really? Jimmer averaging 40 a game, shooting 47%. He's shooting 47%. Every other shot he is sh- putting up is going in. That's really good. It sounds like uh, me this morning in the pickup. Uh, not from the three-point range, right? You weren't there, man. <laughs> buckets on buckets. Call, call the fire chief, man. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. We just did that. It's Jimmer. So why don't we go back to the Twitter question. Who do you want as the BYU football offensive coordinator, Jerem? Uh, I would like a capable person. Oh, how about our elite tweet of the day from at... G.O.F. Carmichael, Max Hall, seriously, because redemption, or John Beck. Not enough coaching experience, although Max is a high school coach. BYU had a high school coach last time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Show's on demand, BYUSN.com. So distracted by Neil Diamond. Download the podcast. For Jeremy. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Randy Brock. We're coming to America.